Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Friday edition, the 10th of July edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Philadelphia Flyers, only Penn Orthopedics has the reputation, the ingenuity, and the expertise to offer the region's widest array of treatments in every orthopedic specialty, all in a safe and secure environment. The Penn Orthopedics team creates the ideal care plan with options fueled by our own world-renowned research, doing what once seemed impossible so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine, learn more at pennmedicine.org slash ortho. It is now the 101st episode of Flyers Daily with Jason Martitas, and uh, here's to a great second hundred after a great first hundred, and thanks to everybody for listening, leaving us rating and reviews, and subscribing to this podcast. It's been Coaches Week, and man, it's been a fun week of interviews to, to bring everybody. Mike Yo joined us on Tuesday, Ian LaPerriere on Wednesday. Uh, yesterday's episode was Michelle Terrian, and in this episode, we'll hear from Flyers goalie coach Kim Dillabaugh. We get into a lot of very interesting stuff with Kim, including why Kim and a lot of goalie coaches don't like their goaltenders to wear dark-colored pads and equipment. He'll explain why uh, in this episode, plus a lot on how the goaltenders are preparing for this unique situation with Brian Elliott and Carter Hart, and Alex Lyon for that matter as well. Also in this episode, Awards Week continues. It's been an action-packed week here on Flyers Daily, uh, and Awards Week continues. We talked to Scott Lawton, who picked up two awards. Yesterday, we talked to Scott Lawton, who picked up two awards, and today we'll talk to the Barry Ashby Award winner for the Flyers' top defenseman, and the award goes to Ivan Provorov. It's the second time he's won it in his four years in the NHL. Ivan Provorov will join us in just a couple moments as well. So stay tuned. That is on the way as well. Uh, but a lot to get to here on this episode, including we're getting some clarity now as to when we might find out about ratification of the new collective bargaining agreement and the return to play protocol. Bob McKenzie from TSN reporting that the deadline for voting for the players, it began on Wednesday at 6 p.m. They had 48 hours, so it'll close this evening at 6 p.m. And the NHL Board of Governors have a call scheduled for 4 p.m. If all goes according to plan and all goes well, meaning the players, it's just a simple majority that have to vote it in. If that goes well and the owners voted in, then we could find out this evening that we have a formal announcement of ratification of the new collective bargaining agreement, which extends four years to the current agreement. So six years from now and all the return to play and Phase three will begin likely on Monday as training camps will be underway, all in preparation of the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs to start either very late July or very early August. So uh, we got some timelines on things that we mentioned in the episode from yesterday with uh, regards to when the season would be over if they start in early August and uh, that it would basically end in the first week of October. The draft right, right after they would uh, hand out the cup. Uh, with the free agency period right after that, and then training camps about five and a half, six weeks later in mid-November for December 1st to the 2020-2021 season, which the NHL plans to have a full 82-game schedule, and that's probably going to push uh, the Cup handed out the following year, not this year, the following year, into July once again. And then you wonder, well, when is this schedule going to get back to normal? Well, uh, that could be even another year beyond that because – uh, with this new collective bargaining agreement, the NHL still has some things to work out with the IIHF and the IOC, uh, but if that all goes according to plan, NHL players will be back in the Olympics, so you'll have that Olympic break uh, in late February, March. Uh, that'll kind of push the season a little bit as well. The NHL will do a better job of uh, limiting those 
those three games in four days, that'll stretch it a little bit further. And then also uh, no bye week for teams, and they'll have that break for the Olympics uh, as opposed to that, and that'll probably push that schedule a little bit further. So maybe a couple years till you get to your standard October 6th start to a season and the Cup's handed out before the middle of June. Uh, but nonetheless, basically when hockey starts at the end of this month, if everything goes according to plan, we're going to have a hockey season pretty much for a year straight. You have from August 1st, all the way through these playoffs, which will take you into October, draft, free agency, quick turnaround to a, a training camp and another season, and then boom, all the way through into July of next year. So if you're a hockey fan, you love that, like me. I can't get enough. Bring it on. Can't wait for it to start. Six games a day, three in each hub location to start these playoffs. It's going to be a lot of fun, and there's a lot of hockey on the horizon. It's been 121 days since the Flyers played. We're all chomping at the bit to see what they can do in these playoffs with this team they have this year, which made huge jumps to become a legit competitor in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So we'll find out how that goes here in short, and we'll find out how that goes here very shortly. All right, let's get to the conversation right now. We start with our Barry Ashby Award winner, Ivan Provorov. What a great year he had. That addition of Matt Niskanen along the blue line with Ivan Provorov made a difference in his game, but Ivan Provorov a top-pairing defenseman in the NHL, over 25 minutes a night. Once again, putting up points. I, I guess the highlight of the season for me for Ivan Provorov was that overtime coast-to-coast goal against the Montreal Canadiens. That was probably the signature moment for me from Ivan Provorov. But right now he joins us here on Flyers Daily. Here's my conversation with the Barry Ashby Award winner. And joining us right now on Flyers Dailies as awards week continues, for the second time, he has won the Barry Ashby Award as the team's most outstanding defenseman. Ivan Provorov joins us. How you doing, Ivan? Good, good. How are you? I'm hanging in, man. It's um to, to win the award for the second time. You've been in the league four years. You haven't missed a game, by the way. Um, what does it mean to win this uh, this award again for you? Yeah, uh, it means a lot. Um, it's a great honor. You know, a lot of great defensemen that played for the Flyers. Uh, you know, won this in the past, and uh, you know, just means a lot, um, you know, especially because we have, a, you know, a lot of great talent on the on our decor and uh, just overall just very grateful. Um, when you look at your season, um, some people would call it a bounce-back season in a way, um, but for you, did it feel different for you with the addition of Matt Niskanen and having that veteran alongside you to, to, to really kind of take that pairing to the next level? Yeah, I think uh, this year is definitely a lot different from last year. Uh, you know, it's, last year there were a lot of things going on with, you know, uh, changing in the coaching staff, the GM, the new coach coming in, lots of new goalies, and just overall the season just didn't go well for our team. So I think it's, last year was really hard to judge anyone you know, on their game and by their game. So this year was a lot different. A new coaching staff, experienced coaching staff, uh, some new additions like Niski, you know. Uh, uh, it's, we have a great chemistry, you know. We're playing uh, well together, reading off each other. And, uh, you know, it's it's easy to play with a guy like that who has a ton of experience and, you know, knows how, you know, just knows how to play and, all situations, and I think just overall our team is playing a lot better. So this year is uh, totally different than last year, I would say. Uh, as a as a top pairing defenseman in the NHL, uh, game in and game out, you're getting the the opposition's top line. 
Uh, I brought this up before in, in the games that you guys will play in the round robin against Tampa, Boston, and Washington. You guys had a 5-3-1 and one record. Pasternak, who tied Ovechkin with 48 goals this season, only had one goal against you guys. Ovechkin in four games goes pointless in those games. Uh, when you're facing the top line on every team night in and night out, uh, what, what what is the key to having success in that regard? Is it just being consistent, doing the little things right? And is, it, is that something you kind of learn as you go in the NHL? I think just uh, just don't be scared, don't be shy. Uh, you know, don't shy away from the you know the contact, being aggressive, try to play your game. You know, be in their face. You know, if you're going to be scared and back up, you know, those guys have so much skill, they're going to pick you apart. So, you know, take the game to them, be aggressive, don't give them any time and space. Uh, yeah, and just uh, try to dominate and uh, force them uh, to make mistakes and force them to play defense. You know, those guys don't really want to play defense. They just want to play with the puck. So, uh, you know, if they don't have the puck, they get frustrated and that's where the game kind of... Uh, goes away from them, and you know they get frustrated and they can't score or make plays. Uh, you talked about it, it may be easier said than done. You know, not be intimidated by you know guys like Alexander Ovechkin, Patrice Bergeron, or Pasternak, or Stamkos, or Kucherov. But you know that's easier said than done. Um, when, when did it kind of you know that wear off where it's like okay, these are great players that I'm playing against. To look, no, I belong with these guys. I can shut these guys down. When did that happen in your career? That that kind of that, that moment kind of clicked for you where you go, man, I, I can hang uh, with these boys. I think, uh, honestly, from, you know, from day one, I mean, it, my first year it took me 15, 20 games to adjust a little bit. But after that, I think, uh, you know, I never looked at them any different. You know, I knew they were great players, but, uh, you know, I knew I was capable to, uh, capable of defending them and uh, you know from watching the games going up uh, you start picking up on what players you know do or like to do and uh, their tendencies so when I got to the league I, I got to see in person but uh, you know I kind of already knew some of the stuff from just you know watching the games as a, as a kid or when I was in juniors so and uh, just when I got to the league it was just a matter of uh, just uh, making it happen and uh, just defending them in real person and in, in, in real life now. Um, Ivan, when you um, you know playing in the NHL, uh, getting good goaltending is so paramount because it lets you as a player play a little more free of mind, knowing that if I make a mistake, I got a guy back there that can bail me out. You guys went eight goalies deep last year. We know what the result of that was. Uh, to get the goaltending you guys have gotten from from Carter all season, from Brian Elliott, a great veteran goaltender that's been in this league a long time. Even Alex Lyon, when he had a couple opportunities against Colorado, I remember specifically. Uh, but when you, you make a mistake, because you can't play the game afraid to make mistakes, you you got to play the game, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely great to have uh, you know goalies behind you that are you know, uh, able to control the game and uh, – Play out, uh, play well most of the nights, and definitely gives you team confidence, and especially the decor. And uh, yeah, it definitely helps us. And uh, you know, all of the guys, the uh, Hearty, Moose, and uh, Alex, when they played this year, they, they they've done a great job, and they definitely helped us a lot. 
Um, what's it been like getting back on the ice for these optional skates now in phase two, leading up to phase three, which is uh, presumably going to come on Monday, pending the ratification of the new CBA and the return to play protocols? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, uh, just to see everyone uh, uh, spend some time, talk, uh, you know, at the rink and then uh, skate around and do some drills like passing, you know. Uh, it was very, just really exciting, and uh, you know you can feel that the players are uh, getting closer, and everyone's just excited, and uh, you know can't wait to start uh, team practices on Monday. What's the vibe uh, as people, more players are reporting uh, every day? It's been ramping up for a couple of weeks now. What's been the vibe amongst the boys? Just very excited to see each other, joke around, and uh, you know get playing uh, you know actual games again and uh, you know especially the playoffs uh, this is what you know we play for a chance to, uh, you know to compete for the cup and uh, you know it's it's finally getting closer and uh, we're just all very excited yeah if I recall the last uh, playoff game that you played in was when you were dealing with the separated shoulder you were emotional after that loss uh, in the first round against Pittsburgh a couple of years ago. Um, what is the difference for you, Ivan, in, in regular season NHL hockey and how different it is in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Yeah, uh, it's definitely it's definitely different. I think uh, you know uh, just a lot more, I guess, at stakes, and uh, everyone's trying their best, going all out. Uh, uh, the pace is a lot faster. There's a lot more hitting. Uh, guys are blocking shots and uh you know every play matters because you know in playoffs the the games are not going to be as high scoring so uh you know every in a, every player matters you know um it could be anyone scoring a goal and then uh you know helping the team win so uh uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest difference. Uh, when you look at uh, you know the the return to play protocols and the CBA, the CBA um, did include Olympic participation um, pending a few uh, you know housekeeping items with the IOC um, for 2022 and 2026. Uh, would you like mm-hmm. to play for your country in the Olympics in that best on best tournament? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think. Uh, you know, every time you get to play for your, for your country and, uh, you know, represent your flag is definitely an honor. And, uh, um, you know, it's a different type of tournament and it's, uh, you know, one of the exciting tournaments too, I think, because you get to play, you know, with uh, guys uh, guys from your country, then sometimes against your teammates. And then, uh, you know, every tournament has the best players possible for every country. So, uh, the competition level is extremely high, so it's definitely exciting. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, everything goes well and we'll, we'll be able to go to the next two Olympics. Yeah, and uh, it'll certainly be exciting. It'll be a little rest in the season for some players, but uh, for guys like you, uh, that participation will be a, a blast. Ivan, um, uh, did you get your hair cut? You, you were, uh, it was getting a little unruly before the pause. And then I, I see pictures of you back on the ice, and there's definitely a Drew Doughty uh, resemblance there. Have you heard that one yet? Uh, yeah, I've heard that one. But, uh, no, I still have the the quarantine beard and, uh, you know, the flow going. I, you know, I figured, uh, I, you know, I've been growing my hair out all year, so I figured I 
continue it, uh, you know, for the playoffs and uh, until the season's over. Uh, what's it going to be like for you guys uh, being uh, in the hub city? You guys uh, reportedly go to Toronto. Uh, you kind of be bunkered up together. It's going to be all about the hockey. There's going to be a lot of hockey, three games in each hub city a day, so six games, uh, which will be incredible for uh, the fans that are starving for the game. Uh, what's that going to be like for you guys uh, living inside that hub city and that bubbled location? Yeah, it's definitely going to be, uh, you know, a little different. Uh, just playing the playoffs only, you know, in the one city, no home games. But uh, I think we all have been, you know, to tournaments like the Chicago Nike Bauer tournament where you, you know, go there and you play a bunch of games in one day and uh, kind of just hockey and your teammates. So I think uh, it's just going to be one of those uh, times, just one long road trip. You just play hockey and just hang out with the boys. Yeah, there's a lot of business to be taken care of. You guys uh, won nine of your last 10 games before the pause. Um, for you guys, uh, as a collective group, do, do you get the sense that everybody feels like you guys are, are really built as a team that could do some damage in these playoffs? And the important thing really is to, to get confidence and get your game uh, back to the high level as quickly as possible. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I think, like I said before, uh, that you know nine game winning streak and even the game against Boston that we lost uh, I think we we're you know we were playing better than them we were playing great hockey and uh, was definitely the best hockey I've been a part of since you know I've been here in all four years and uh, you know hopefully it doesn't take us long to you know to get our game back and uh, hopefully we can uh, continue to play the same way in the playoffs and uh, hopefully we can do some damage. All right, Provy, last question for you. Um, what is this coaching staff with, you know, headed up by Elaine Vigneault with with his resume, and he'll, he'll probably be a nominee for the Jack Adams this year uh, for the fourth time in his career. He won it back in 2006-07 in Vancouver. Uh, headed by Elaine Vigneault with Mike Yo, Michelle Terrian, you know, uh, Lappy and Kim Dillabaugh, th- this whole staff. W- what has that been like? Uh, for you and and for your teammates to, to play under such an experienced staff? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, uh, I think those guys uh, all have a ton of experience. They all, you know, know the game. They love the game. So, uh, and uh, they allowed us to play to our strength, you know. I think last year we sat back a lot, you know, uh, didn't have control of the puck. This year we're playing aggressive. We're getting the puck back faster. You know, it allows us to uh, create more offensively, to wear teams down, and then uh, I think just overall our team play has uh, been great. And uh, you know, uh, everyone plays for each other, and uh, you know that's why we were able to you know take our game to another level this year. Yeah, and you guys are going to get to see this thing through as uh, you'll head to Hub Cities a little bit later in the month and get this whole thing cranked up in August. It may be weird to play hockey in August, but uh, you're going to be playing for, for the great Stanley Cup trophy. And, uh, Avin, we appreciate it. Congratulations on uh, your second now uh, Barry Ashby Award as the Flyers' top defenseman. Well-deserved again. Uh, we appreciate you doing this, and, and best of luck with uh, training camp and preparing for these playoffs and a long, successful run. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Congrats to Ivan Provorov. Two Barry Ashby Awards in his first four years in the NHL where he hasn't missed a game. Plays a ton of minutes against the top offensive weapons of the opposition. Penalty kill. Gets power play time. He does it all. He's a darn good NHL defenseman. uh, And it 
you could you could say great and going to get even greater here throughout his career and to win in the first four years to win two Barry Ashby's certainly uh, deserving and uh, a great portends great for the future uh, for the Flyers blue liner also this week it's been coaches week we've had great conversations enjoyed all of them with Mike Yo Ian LaPerriere uh, Michelle Terrian in yesterday's episode in this episode you know I love talking goaltending I always have I always and I love talking to NHL goalie coaches like Kim Dillabaugh and here's my conversation with the Flyers goalie coach on how his goaltenders are preparing resumption of the season and the NHL playoffs. Coaches Week continues here on Flyers Daily and joining us right now is Flyers goaltender coach Kim Dillabaugh. Kim, how you been? Good, Jason. How are you? Doing good, man. It's been uh, it's been crazy. We haven't talked in a while. Uh, how's the pause been for you and how excited are you to kind of ramp back up and, and get back on the ice with the boys coming up on Monday? Yeah, you know what? It, it, it's been good. All in all, obviously, uh, you know, we haven't been doing a whole lot as a family, just staying close to home. But, um, you know, family time, you can't put a price on that. So, uh, obviously, taking full advantage of, of the opportunity to be uh, home uh, with my wife and my kids and enjoy that opportunity. And, um, you know, through that as well, through the pause, had an opportunity, obviously, to chip away at a few things. Uh, as as everybody does here, it's obviously it wasn't... Uh, at the end of the season, it was more of a pause where uh, you you know and are hopeful you're going to come back and play. So uh, there's a little bit of a different approach to some of the you know some of the tasks and, and things you want to kind of work on. But uh, obviously, uh, you know, some opportunity there to get uh, some work done and uh, get things prepared. Uh, obviously, to get ready for uh, for Monday here. You know, it's so interesting. I talked to with uh, Mike Yo the other day and talked with Michelle Terry and Ian Perrier and as, as players. Uh, get ready to prepare for this very unique situation. I, I wonder the, the the preparation for goaltenders, and I, I guess one of the big things, and and you know they all talked about it, and I'm sure that you know you're kind of lobbying for this as well. Is you want to put your goaltender in as many games specific kind of situations as you can in in these practices and training camp, right? Uh, you do, you do, but I think you also have to start with some foundational work, and that foundational work. Obviously, it can be on the technical side. Uh, it can be on the hockey sense and athletic side and the physical side. And um, so, again, you want to make sure that um, you know you're you're laying that framework and making sure you're getting back to your basics first and getting that platform in place. So, um, you know, once you get to that point where you're starting to ramp things up and and create more dy- dynamic situations, obviously, which is what uh, the game consists of. Um, you've already done the, the work on the, on the basics, and those habits are in place moving forward. Yeah, you have those, uh, those hallmarks, and like Carter's a guy that has those technical aspects, and his technical abilities are very precise, aren't they? Same with Brian Elliott. Very, precision is key with those technical elements. Yeah, and that's obviously something they strive for. I mean, as as goaltenders, you strive for perfection. You know, your ultimate job obviously is to keep every puck out of the net. So uh, until you do that, there's work to be done. But you know, obviously, you know, making sure we're doing things uh, in a detailed fashion and working to be as uh, consistent, doing things at a high level as possible is our goal. So um, obviously, you need time and repetition to kind of get that. Um, to, you know, get things to that place. But, um, you know, obviously, you know, both these guys haven't had the opportunity through the pause to be on the ice as much as they typically would. So uh, the opportunities we get here moving forward, we got to make sure we take full advantage of. Kim, I'm trying to figure out who has uh, more uh, of an advantage that can hit the ground running, whether that's players who 
dictate the terms oftentimes on the ice and, and, and goaltenders who would love to dictate more, but it's a reactive position and you're reacting to your surroundings. You're trying to influence those surroundings, but um, is like, the, are the, you know, the pitchers get ahead of the hitters at the beginning of a season is, will the goaltenders be ahead or behind, or is it just not even something worth looking at with that kind of like line of demarcation? Yeah, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, I can't really speak from the player's perspective. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the puck is, is in their control more often uh, than it is in ours. So obviously, like you said, we're on the receiving end a lot. Um, you know, but we got to obviously, if, if we're um, focused on what we need to do and in, in, in doing it to the highest level possible, um, you know, then we're preparing ourselves the right way for whatever might come. Uh, come at us so you know and I think that's the mindset we have to have and the mindset we always carry forward is we can't control a lot of things uh, in terms of what comes our way but we can control how we prepare and 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 get ourselves set um, you know for any type of situation that that we might see so um, you know we worry about what we need to we have housekeeping items like anyone else does and you know we have a you know a plan in place and how we want to get ourselves uh, back to the top of our game here in a short period of time yeah it's one of those things too Kim where you know, it's for a goalie. It's always control the controllable, um, which is why you control so much uh, in your preparation off the ice and in the rigidity of your routine. Um, let me ask you about no fans being in the building because you know I think d- during gameplay the focus is obviously on the two hundred by eighty five for a goaltending and a goaltender and the threat of the puck is always very focused on. Um, but is there a sight line issue that could perhaps pop up here with no fans in the seat? No. You know, the darkness of the seats, could could that play a role in any of this? It does. You know, I think if you talk to different guys in certain buildings, uh, you know, that have the dark seating, that sometimes they're, you know, their pucks can get lost in that dark seating if, if there's not fans in the stands. So, um, you know, there, there's definitely the possibility there, and, and I'm sure that's probably something that's been thought about, um, you know, from the people in charge here. And, and obviously, once we get to the venue, then we'll have a better idea of, of what we're dealing with. But, um you know, so, you know, those could be factors, um, but like you said, obviously the focus stays on uh, on the game itself, but those are items that can come up that you have to find a way to overcome. Kim, you guys are the four seed, and you're in a really good situation because all you can do is move up in this round, Robin. You can't move down. That's a great situation for you guys. Uh, you're going to have the three games against teams that you went 5-3 and won against this regular season in Boston, Tampa, and Washington. Um, you you got to get both your goalies into these games, I would think. You want to get everybody a little bit... Uh, of of game action with something on the line as far as seating goes, uh, how do you kind of split this up? Uh, how, how do you approach that and and getting your goalies ready so that when that you know field of sixteen starts for you guys, you guys are playing at your peak performance. Yeah, I mean it's it's a unique situation. Obviously, you know it's not something. I mean we have to be ready to go right out of the gates here, and you know that's every team obviously is of the same focus and mindset. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk collectively, obviously, as a staff, look at the situation, um, monitor things through camp, and, and um, obviously how we're going to structure camp will have an impact on some of those things as well. So, um, you know, obviously you want to get everybody what they need to prepare, um, but we have a very uh, limited amount of time, uh, both from a practice perspective and obviously a game perspective, to you know, to do that. So, obviously, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have to review it and, and talk about the pros and cons on on how we want to approach it, and then collectively come up with the decision we feel that's going to work best, uh, you know, for our group and our goaltenders moving forward. Ha- having a tandem with a 21-year-old goaltender with so much ability but no playoff experience, but having. Uh, as his uh, has his partner, a guy like Brian Elliott, who's gone to a conference final in St. Louis, has been through these playoff wars. 
uh, the conversation between those two and that relationship's got to pay dividends, right? I think so. You know, Brian's been great in that aspect. Uh, you know, obviously he's he's not here to to mentor Carter. He's he's a partner and and someone that obviously can share. Uh, different insights and and you know again they both talk about the position and different perspectives um, so obviously you know there's there's some things there that you know Carter can lean on and if he has questions or some things that Brian can pass on about his past experiences but you know Carter does have playoff experience he's played world junior uh, you yeah. know at the world juniors he's played on big stages he, he's taken his team to the finals in the in the Western Hockey League so you know uh, obviously he hasn't had playoff experience at this level but you know to say he doesn't have playoff experience you know he does so he's been in 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 big contests obviously not on this stage in this situation um but you know he's he's obviously an individual that uh, relishes challenges and opportunity to uh, to perform in in critical situations and uh you know this is another uh, situation where i know he's excited for and and um you know he's going to prepare himself like he always does to come out and play at a high level uh you know he, he wore that maple leaf on his jersey played for his country in the world juniors and excelled so it, let it, people maybe here don't understand that as much what that means to a canadian kid it is a high pressure situation you are expected to win <laughs> that's just the it, way it is it really is <laughs> and, and it's really hard to comprehend unless you're in Canada. i mean the world juniors uh come christmas time it, it, it's almost a tradition it's you know it's something that all canadians look forward to uh you know whether they're diehard hockey fans or not it's just something that's uh, kind of formed into a tradition there and and like you said the expectations are high every year um they're expected to win a gold medal and anything else but a gold medal is a failure so um so that's a lot you know uh, these kids are are exposed to the pressures of of that type of a scenario at a very young age and you know uh, it's a definitely a great learning experience uh for them to carry forward yeah yeah it's well said uh, last question for Kim Dillabaugh here joining us on coaches week on Flyers Daily Kim um that you know I I put out a tweet I found this uh stick at a pro shop uh, a CCM goalie stick that was all blacked out and it was a Corey Crawford and he wears dark colored equipment he wears black pads a lot of goalie coaches don't like that are you one of the goalie coaches that uh would rather your goaltender wear uh, light colors as opposed to wearing a dark setup because of the way it looks yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think there is an impact there on, on a on a couple different fronts, and um, you know, uh, it's something. Even even since my days back in Los Angeles, uh, working with Bill Ranford collectively, um, you know, we uh, we had a preference for our guys and wanted our guys always in a in a white base pad. Not to say they couldn't have color added, but the you know the base uh, of that uh, of their equipment would would be of of you know the lighter white. Um, background. So that's, you know, it's something, um, you know, I, I believe that uh, does have an impact in a certain regard. And uh, there's some things there, I think, complicated with the darker equipment. Um, you know, so we like to see our guys uh, uh, in that white-based equipment. Uh, and obviously, they can add a little color on top of that. Yeah, you're in a tough spot in L.A. with, uh, you know, the home uniform being a black jersey, already making the goalie look slim-lined. You didn't yeah. even wear them black pads as well. <laughs> and people were asking me on on Twitter, going, you know, why don't why do goalie coaches have a problem? Well, first of all, the black makes you look smaller and the contrast to the net. And then gathering pucks, loose pucks and stuff, it's hard to, there's not a a big difference, obviously, in color between the pad and to gather pucks and those sort of things. Absolutely. No, you're exactly right on all fronts there. And again, you know, you you know, there's, there's a presentation aspect and how you want to look in the net. And like you say, there, it's easy for players to differentiate between, uh, you know, the, the darker equipment and, and, you know, more of a blended in, uh, whiter equipment sometimes on it and in quick situations there. 
uh, where the player doesn't have a lot of time to kind of, you know, get their, their full bearings of the situation. Uh, they have a little bit of a better idea of what they're seeing and what they're not seeing. Um, so again, like I say, there's, like you touched on, there's a lot of different variables that yeah. lead a lot of people down the pathway and, and you see more and more goaltenders going with more white based equipment. And there are some outliers and, and, you know, Corey Crawford is an elite, uh, net minder and, and has been for a lot of years and, and the dark equipment's worked for him. But, uh, just in terms of our philosophy, you know, we, we obviously prefer, uh, prefer that white-based uh, uh, equipment. Yeah, he's got a couple of cups. And where were you when I was playing? Because I wore black pa- back, black coho pads back in the day. I could have used you. Maybe that uh, was my problem. I couldn't stop well, anything. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I was uh, I, I was a guy that wore the black equipment, too, when I played <laughs> junior. And, uh, you know, I'm in the same boat as you here, so it didn't work very well for me either. So <laughs> that, combined with my five foot, uh, eight stature, uh, really hurt my, hurt my chances. Kim, I resemble that remark, although you got an inch on me. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> it's not often that you can say I'm the taller guy, but there no, you go. You got it. No, I don't hear that very often, so I appreciate it. Uh, Kim, thanks for doing this, man. Best of luck. I know everybody's chomping at the bid to get back and, and preparations for this very unique situation in the playoffs. Uh, we appreciate you joining us here on Coaches Week. Best of luck, and we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Take care. Always great to catch up with uh, Flyers goaltending coach Kim Dillaball. Great information there. It's going to be interesting. With no fans in the stand, will puck tracking be an issue for goaltenders? Are they going to put some kind of lighter material in those to cover those seats so that's not an issue for goaltenders. We shall see. Kim mentioned that when they get there to their bubble, uh, which is presumably Toronto, uh, they'll address the situation when they get there. And um, you, you got you to be able to track pucks as a goaltender. It's, it's obviously the main part of the job. And uh, we'll see how that affects the goalies. And if the goalies are, in fact, ahead of the players or if they're playing catch-up as a position of reaction as opposed to a position of dictating, we'll see all that and we'll get those answers here coming up uh, in August when this all resumes and the, uh, the game gets back on the ice where it rightfully belongs. Uh, Awards week will continue into next week as well because later this afternoon you'll find out, as we all will, who the Bobby Clark Trophy winner will be. Now that is the team's most valuable player, and that is voted on by a panel of sports writers and broadcasters. And again, full disclosure, I voted on this one as well. I won't reveal my vote because maybe that would tip the hand of uh, who ends up winning it. Um, I think people have a pretty good idea of the, uh, the kind of the finalists for this. Uh, but we'll talk to the award winner for the Bobby Clark Trophy in Monday's episode of Flyers Daily. And like I mentioned as well earlier in the week, we are in a Monday through Friday deal right now. We're not doing the Monday, Wednesday, Friday anymore. A lot of content to get to here on Flyers Daily. So make sure if you haven't subscribed to do so and uh, make sure those are in your, your iTunes queue. Uh, when you get up that morning, you'll have it to listen to right there and get the latest information on everything Flyers with interviews and much more. This episode of Flyers Daily is brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official healthcare system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Give them a follow on Twitter at Penn Medicine. That's going to do it for this episode of Flyers Daily. Thanks to all the great guests this week, all the coaches that came on, players. It was a great week of podcasts. We appreciate you listening. Stay safe, stay healthy this weekend, and we'll talk to you in the Monday's episode of Flyers Daily.